Welcome back to Fan Fatales, a member of the Real Fans Network. I'm Emma. And I'm Gabby. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about some rom-coms, some of my favorite rom-coms. Most of them Emma hasn't even seen yet. <laughs> I had only seen one on this list, and um, but the list that we are doing includes Life As We Know It, Wedding Planner, Sleepless in Seattle, and Fifty First Dates. Yeah, and the only one that I hadn't seen on this list was Sleepless in Seattle. And that was the only one I had seen. (laughs) Yeah, and these are, so we're going to talk about these. And truth be told, I'm very biased. Yes, truth be told, I'm very biased. These are some of my favorites. Love these movies. So being that it's February, you know, Valentine's Day is right around the corner. So I feel like it's very appropriate. Next week. Yep. For when this episode comes out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Shall we get started? Yeah. So the first movie is Life As We Know It, which is now, I believe, on HBO and no longer on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they changed it on February 1st. (laughs) When I was watching it, I was halfway done with it on January 31st, and I went to go watch it, the rest of it. I was like, Gabby, it's gone. Mm-hmm. It was like literally she texted me at like what time was it? It was like one in the morning it was like there. Noon. Oh, was it noon? Yeah. Was it midday? I thought it was like late. It was night. like midday because I was like finishing it. Oh, that's right. But yeah, she yeah. texted me all panicked and she was like, Gabby! <laughs> ah! <laughs> so the synopsis is two single adults become caregivers to an orphaned girl when their mutual best friends die in an accident. Which isn't a spoiler because it happens at the very beginning of the movie. I know. It really does. Um, And it was directed by Greg Berlanti, and it came out in 2010. Yeah, the cast includes Katherine Heigl as Holly Berenson, Josh Duhamel. I always say Josh Duhamel, but some people say it's Duhamel, so I was like, okay. I say Duhamel. I say Duhamel, too. Okay, I'm going to say it the right way. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Josh Dumel, which is the right way? I don't even know. Okay. I don't even know. Josh Dumel as Eric Messer. Josh Lucas as Sam. Christina Hedricks as Allison Novak. Hayes MacArthur as Peter Novak. And Alexis Brin and Brooke Claggett as Sophie Christina Novak, which is the baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some fun facts, as previously mentioned in the cast, triplets played the role of Sophie the baby, and they all starred in different scenes. Which I think is very cute. I think it's also very smart to do. Mm-hmm, I agree. And then Catherine Heigl campaigned to have Josh Dumel cast as her co-star after Studio expressed doubts about his comedic ability. That's really cool. Good for yeah. her. I loved that little fact. Yeah, that's a good fact. You know what wasn't good? What? Those bangs she had at the beginning of the movie. Oh my god. Literally, my first comment is, those bangs are ick. <laughs> also, why didn't he tell her that he was going to have her ride on his motorcycle? She was right? wearing a pencil skirt. I, yeah, I said absolutely no way. No, I'm not getting on a motorcycle in a dress like that. Like, come also, on. 
I would never go out with him after how he got, like deals with the first date. Motorcycle oh. with the pencil skirt. Gets on a phone call and makes a date while she's in the car. Not even a date. A booty call with booty another call. woman. Yes. Yeah, no. And then, okay. Also, my favorite, one of my favorite notes I wrote, it's like the next scene at the wedding and she's giving the maid of honor speech. Yeah. And he, she gets interrupted by um, him making out with someone. And I just wrote, I would be, I would murder someone if I am giving my maid of spe- honor speech in July and someone interrupts me. Mm-hmm. There will be murder. Absolutely. Murder, murder, in the nightman, murder, murder. Which is funny because that's the show I would be doing if I wasn't in a wedding. Yeah. Um, I said, you know, in that same little montage bit, I said I would have punched him in the face for pretending to drop the baby. Oh, my God. Same. Right? Because he's there holding Sophie and she's like, okay, be careful with her. And he's like, oh, like pretending like he's going to drop her. And I literally. I would, I would just him murder so him at like every moment in this film. <laughs> so I guess our thoughts are he's terrible this whole movie. He's, I'm sorry. Like him taking that job and leaving Sophie and Allison. Yeah. Or not Allison, Holly. Holly. Yeah, um, I said I said when um, when he was playing with Sophie in the bounce house and she pukes on him, I was like, he deserved to get puked on. He really does. He totally did. Yeah. Oh no. So, uh, let's see. I mean, obviously, the best character in the whole movie is Holly. Yeah. Like, duh. I love her. Yeah, like she puts her whole dream on hold to take care of Sophie. Like her whole yeah, life on whereas, hold. Whereas Messer or whatever his yeah. last name is that they keep on calling him. He like fully is just like, oh, well, this is my dream. Yep. And I will have my taxi driver babysit the baby. Yeah. Yeah. Like, come on. Also, there was a line in this movie where it was... Ta- they were talking about the babysitter. Yeah. And it says, um, she's, uh, um, Holly says something about the Taylor Swift and Twilight kid. Like, that's her favorite relationship. And I was like, wow, that dates that movie. Absolutely. <laughs> Swift and Lautner when they were yeah. dating. Which was like, which what? was like ages ago. <laughs> yes. Forever Hold ago. On. Yeah, like, he's, like, fully married at this point, right? Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah, they dated in 2009 to 2011. Yeah, so right when this movie came out. Yeah. Yeah. So, also, I grew up on the Wiggles, so every time they were on screen, I was like, wow, (laughs) I feel old. Yeah. I also I also was like watching it and I loved the bit when they're trying to do the wheels on the bus and they don't really know the words and he goes and then Keanu Reeves saves the bus saves the bus. <laughs> that one was ten out of ten, so good. Also, when they're in the car in the beginning, mm, the smart car. The, no, like with the parents still alive with Sophie and they're oh, listening okay. to that kid song. Oh I was like, is this what Coco Melon is? 
Absolutely. I bet you that is exactly what Coco Melon is. Because I hear about Coco Melon, but I don't I know he- what it is. I hear about people talking about Coco Melon yeah. all the time. Yeah, but I don't know what it is. Is that no. what Coco Melon is? I mean, I don't think so because I think Coco Melon is relatively new. Coco Melon is new. But, like, I think it's in the same, like, plane of existence. It's in, like, the same entertainment category. And then I said, I said, I turned to my mom and I said, I'm never doing that. What, the Coco Melon? No, the kids' music. Oh, yeah, no. No, I'm never doing that. My kids are going to listen to real music like I did. They're going to listen to Evanescence and Rob Thomas their whole childhood. Okay, so I just looked up Coco Melon. <laughs> okay, we're still on Coco Melon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was known as Checkgate from 2006 to 2013, so it's been around since 2006. They known just as what? Rant- Checkgate. And then it became ABC Kid TV in 2013 to 2018. And now it's Coco Melon. I never heard of that. Okay. It has 120 billion views. Wow. I believe it. I believe it too. Yeah. But yeah, like, I think the only, like, little bit of kids music my kids would grow up with is, like, Disney. Yeah. Disney. Disney, other than that... Punk rock. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because, like, what I do remember growing up on is a lot of musical theater, which explains a lot about my personality. It totally does. Um, like, I remember my sister being, like, three or four and us listening to the Les Mis soundtrack in the car and her, like, knowing all the words by age five to Master of the House. Yeah. No, musical theater. We have a video of my sister. Um, you know, the um the mistress of the house, her line where it's raising up the master's ass. We have a video of my sister singing along to that at like age five somewhere. I'm obsessed. (laughs) I'm here for it. (laughs) Yep. But it was like lame is and phantom. Yeah, no. Mine was mostly Rob Thomas and and like the kids' musicals. Oh yeah, no. I know you don't like Annie. (laughs) No, I hate Annie. But yeah, mine was that. Oh, and um, Elton John specifically, "Goodbye Yellow Brick Road." Yeah, Elton John, "Wizard of Oz." That was another big one in my family. Mm Mm-mm. Yeah, but anyway, back to this. (laughs) Okay, I really so the bus. And yes. motorcycle. Yes. That bus should be paying for it. That's what I said. <laughs> the bus ran over the freaking motorcycle. That's what I said. I said, shouldn't the bus have insurance and shouldn't they have to pay for the motorcycle? I did as well because I was like, what? Because like in theory, if it was like parked on the side of the road, I mean road. like. Yeah. Yeah. I was very annoyed by that. I was too. I was like, the bus should definitely have to pay for that. <laughs> I would have fought. Oh, same. But you know what I really loved? 
What? When Holly's like going to the airport to go get Messer off the plane, and the CPS lady is like so invested like, in it. I'm watching you, like, she's like driving slow, and the CPS lady is like, no, drive fast. You're losing out your chance. And she's like, yeah, but you're observing me. And she's like, I'm observing us getting passed by every car. And she was like, okay. I loved the CPS lady. Honestly, me too. I think she scene. lived like vicariously through them. <laughs> Yeah. I also really liked, I liked when she was like, you guys were supposed to be my easy case. I know. Why was, why were they supposed to be her easy case though? I don't even know. I think it was just because they were supposed to, like, they weren't supposed to get involved and like, they were just going to hang out and like do what they've been doing. And then they did get involved and she was like, no. Also when, (laughs) when Holly smacked the weed brownie out of her hand. I was like, that's a little overkill. Mm-hmm. I was like, you could have just said no. Mm-hmm. You didn't need to, like, smack it across the room. <laughs> so I, like, stopped, like, right around that moment. Oh, great moment. So then when I, like, restarted it, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> because yeah. I think, like, I like the last moment I saw was, like, the scene right before that. Mm-hmm. whole cps visit yeah so then when i got when i started watching i was like did i miss something mm-hmm. i really loved um when sophie first learned how to walk her little sneakers her pink sneakers that she was yes! wearing so much yes i was like okay need those i know yeah also <laughs> holly and messer were so bad for trying to pawn off Sophie to like other members of the family that's what I said I was like okay if my best 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 friend right if you died I know if you you left me your kid like are you leaving my kid alone no or are you trying to pawn it off to like one of my family members no I feel like that's so messed up like you thank you trusted me with the care of your child therefore I'm not going to try to like pawn your child off on some of your family that you don't even know (laughs) like no you just don't do that no you don't I was like what the heck is wrong with these two I, I, I was so mad. Yeah. You know what else I really didn't like? What? When Messer is just like, bye, I'm leaving. I know. Not fair. No. No. But yeah, <sighs> at the end of the movie, I think their family is very cute. I like the photo. I, of- one of my favorite scenes is when he's at the airport and he's watching like the home videos and yes! the lady like turns to him. Yep, and she says, what she say? Something like, your family is so beautiful or something like that. And it's, like, so sweet. Yeah, and then that's when he decides that he's going to go back. Yeah, I love that. I just saw what it's rated on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't even want to know. We we have to do it. No, I don't want to know. I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10, so. I am as well. I think I saw, I think I accidentally saw, it's like a 35 or something like that. For the critic? And then what's the audience? I don't know, like a 50? 
So the critic score is a 29%. That one hurts. And the audience score is a 61%. (laughs) I mean, okay, higher than what I thought, but like, it hurts so bad. I love that movie. Okay, none of these like bad reviews like are like decent enough for me to even read. They're all so bad. Suck. (laughs) Okay. Then let's go on to one of my absolute favorite, 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 favorite rom-coms of all time. I love this movie so much. I This was the first rom-com I ever saw with my mom. And this is the one that she has loved for forever. And I love this movie so much. It's, a, I love this movie. I know this entire movie forwards and backwards. I love this movie so much. And this movie is The Wedding Planner. And you can find it on Hulu. So the synopsis is Mary Fiore is a San Francisco's most successful supplier of romance and glamour. She knows all the tricks. She knows all the rules. But then she breaks the most important rule of all and she falls in love with the groom. (laughs) And the cast includes Jennifer Lopez as Mary Fiore, Matthew McConaughey as Steve Edison, Bridget Wilson-Sempras as Fran Donnelly, Justin Chambers as Massimo, Judy Greer as Penny, Alex Rocco as Salvatore Fiore, uh, or Salvatore Fiore, I don't know, either way, Salvatore Fiore (laughs) sounds kind of cool, so I like it that way, and guess who, Joanna Gleason as Mrs. Donnelly, and Charles Kimbrough as Mr. Donnelly. Yes, and one of our fun facts include Miss Gleason. Okay, cool. So, Franny's mother, played by Joanna Gleason, sings very badly in this movie and is asked numerous times by her daughter not to sing. But, in fact, Gleason has a very great singing voice and has appeared several times in Broadway musicals, including premiering in the premiering cast of Into the Woods, for which she won the 1988 Tony for Best Actress in a Musical. Honestly, well-deserved. It's so good. Yeah, her and Baker's wife is, like, one of the best, if not the best, Baker's wife I've seen. The best. Just yes. just, just like Bernadette Peters is the best witch. Yeah. Yep. Although, Meryl Streep is a very close second. Meryl Streep is great. She is great. The next one, I have to say, is um, an early scene in Matthew McConaughey's office. He indicate, indicates a framed picture of his quote-unquote sister... The prop is actually a picture of an associate producer and choreographer, and Fletcher, who had a scene in the movie that was cut. I think, okay, everybody in this movie looks like a freaking baby. I know. J-Lo? That was also looks- me with um, Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. But my number one, my first thought was, OMG, J-Lo looks so freaking young. Also, that church is enormous. Yes. Also, so, like, the music was very 2000s, but that bridal outfit in the very beginning, the, like, A-line dress with the curly high, like, updo, was The curly high updo, and and the big, the the big back. The strapless A-line. Yes. And the big back. That is so 2000s. And the cathedral length veil. Yes. Well... Actually, no, 2000s was, like, no. short veils, like, waist-length veils. But, like, I like cathedral yeah. veils. That one was really pretty. <laughs> I want a cathedral veil. Me too! 
Also, I need that tool belt that she had. Oh my gosh, the emergency pack? Yes, I need that. Under my, like, under my maid of auto dress, just. I know. Literally perfect. With the Evian spray? Yeah. (laughs) That's another 2000s thing, the Evian spray. What the, what was even the point of that stuff? I don't know. Let us know. I don't know. If you know know what the point of the Evian spray was, tell us, because I have no idea. Tweet at us. At Fan Fatale's pod. Also, Um, the M&M's. Okay. (laughs) I wrote, like, four times. Literally. Okay. I know you did. I didn't even write them because I saw how many times you had written it. Yeah. The first time, I was like, the brown ones are more natural. That's not how M&M's work. And I wrote it again in all caps. That's not how M&M's work. So, like, yeah, that's not how they work. No. They all have candy. It doesn't matter. Because, okay, the line is, he throws away all the colored ones. Yeah. Yeah, I know it. I know it by heart. He throws away the colored ones over his shoulder. And she's like, why are you doing that? And he goes, I only eat the brown ones. I figured chocolate's brown and these ones are brown. So that must mean they must be the most natural. And she's like, huh? And I'm like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I love how half of my notes, if you look at them, are just like about the weddings she's at. Those okay, the flowers from the first one, I was like, two thousands, so hard. All the cascading flowers. Yeah. And like the Also, the ones I that, love like, how she tells the little flower girl to count to a hundred and start again. <laughs> that was cute. Um, also I'd be so pissed if the wedding planner fed my best man or maid of honor his or her speech. I don't know. I wouldn't be so mad. I would like, be mad if I found out. Yeah, I would be mad. Uh, I don't think I would be mad. I'd be like, good call. You might have messed that one up, bud. <laughs> Honestly. Oh, no. Like, I'm writing my a friends. maid of honor speech right now. So I'm like very stressed out writing one. So that's fair. I love I love when they're at the dance class. <laughs> and he goes, Mary, what are you thinking? And she goes, what I'm thinking involves a machete and a pair of pliers. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? What would that be? I know. Yeah. Also, Mary and Steve are the only two characters wearing red in the entire tango scene. Yeah. Symbolic of their love for each other? Question mark? Maybe. I love how her dad is like, wait, you, you, you just called off your wedding? And my daughter isn't getting married anymore? Why aren't you two getting married right now? I know. Like, or like, damn. I like when, oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of that, I love when they're on the road and then Fran, Steve, and Mary are in the car <laughs> in like the Jeep and then they drive by and then you see Fran's parents in the limo just like drinking champagne and being drunk. And then <laughs> Massimo behind them on his little Vespa. I love the Vespa. <laughs> I love the Vespa. And I could just hear the I was just thinking about Luca with the Vespa. Yeah. 
and oh my gosh and then and then when they're the doing the yes yes but before the statue when they're doing the birthday party for the friend who does oh my gosh i can't remember his name but the friend who that they play scrabble with yeah you know the old well they're all old dudes but you know who i'm talking yeah, about right i know who you're talking about okay so they have the birthday party and he calls him he call, keeps calling him miss mo yeah and and then the dad goes not miss mo massimo and then the and then the little and the little guy goes miss mo massimo any other kind of mo <laughs> yeah i also loved how she like said yes with the scrabble I know that was really cute. Yeah, really personal touch. She's my favorite character. Yeah. Oh, same. So, yeah, she's the best. Mm-hmm. And I think my favorite scene is the one with the statue. Yeah, I love. It's so good. I like <laughs> just like aggressively trying to glue it back on. <laughs> I know. The version. I don't know if you had this, but the one that I was watching, like the the. The part, the the member yeah. part of the statue was, like, blurred out. No, mine was not. Okay, because the one, like, not when he was holding it in his hand, but, like, when it was on the statue, it was blurred. I did not notice that. But, yeah, I was like, <laughs> what the heck? Because I think the Hulu version, at least I have Hulu live TV, and so I think that's why I was able to watch it on Hulu. Yeah. Because I have the premium subscription to it, because, like, that's, we don't pay for cable. That's how, what we watch cable on. And yeah, we use YouTube TV. Yeah. So I think because of that, it was like recorded from like TBS or something like that. Yeah. And so I think maybe that's why the member part was um, was blurred. And then and then. okay, so the guy who plays Massimo, he played a character on Grey's Anatomy from the very beginning. He played. Okay. Of course he did. He played a character on Grey's Anatomy from literally the first episode till almost the last episode. Well, I mean, I don't even know if it's technically finished or not. I don't even know. I'm not caught up, but I didn't watch season twenty at all. But anyway, so like, I don't know. I was just like, wow, he's such a baby in this. This was two years before Grey's Anatomy even started. Yeah. And so then I was like, whoa, well, it was filmed two years before, well, film? No, it was two years before Grey's Anatomy started, which, anyway. <laughs> and so, so I was like. it was probably filmed three or four years before Grey's yeah. started. But I was like, there's totally different characters. Like, Massimo is like this, like, Italian, like, guy. And then Alex is like a total, like, they're total opposites. If you see Grey's Anatomy, you know what I'm talking about. Tweet me about Grey's Anatomy. I really like Grey's Anatomy. Um, I've seen most of it, like 99% of it, just not one season. But anyway, I just could not believe that he's the same age as my mom. Wait, really? How old yes. is he? 52. Okay. He's two years older than my mom and dad. Yeah, 52, which is like nuts to me. Yeah. Because, like, he looks like such a baby. And then you look at him now, and he has, like, kids. Like, like teenage kids. That's weird. Yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, I don't really like the scene when Mary's all, like, falling down drunk. Same. I really don't like it. 
that's the one bit of this movie that I'm like, but you know what I do love (laughs) is the ancient Bath and Body Works candle that's sitting in her apartment. (laughs) I know, right? I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, that's the old giant three wick candle that was like two gallons of wax. Yeah. Because they still do the three wick, but it's not like two gallons no, anymore. They're not as big as they used to be. And the old ones weren't in the glass jars. The the ones that we have now are like in the glass jars. But the old ones were just like, just a big old honking wheel of wax. Though I like the glass jar ones because they I fit on my little um, wax warmer. That's on my thing. That's fair. It's a wax and candle warmer because I cannot have flame. In the dorms. Yeah. But I can't have a warmer. That's fair. Okay, last thing I have to say about Massimo, I swear. (laughs) I promise. Last thing I have to say about him. I love when he brings out the dollhouse that, like, she used to play with, which, like, the replica of the dollhouse she used to play with as a kid. And then there was that, did you see the tiny photo of her mom on the mantle of the dollhouse? I did. I was like, that's so sweet. It was so cute. Okay, that's it. Um, also, Masuo deserved way better. Oh, he did. He was done dirty. The the girl deserved better, too. This was like a whole waitress situation Fran? where they were... Yeah, Fran. This yeah. was like a whole waitress situation with Dr. Pomodor being like, I'm going to steal you now from... You mean Pot- Potomer? 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 Yeah. Dr. Potomer? Yeah, it yeah. is Pot- Potomer. Um, you know, where she was Dr. Potomer <laughs> rather than him. Yeah. I was like, like, I'm stealing you. Yeah. I your was fiance. Like, sad for them. But then, like, he did talk to her and he was like, why are we even doing this? Which I asked myself that the whole movie, every time. Like, how clueless is she that she can't see that he's madly in love with Mary? I don't understand. Maybe she just wants to be clueless. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, what do you rate this movie out of 10? A 10. Is that a real 10 or are you just saying that so we don't get upset? A 10. That didn't answer my question. No, it's a real 10. (laughs) Okay. I also give it a 10 out of 10. This, like I said, this is one of my all time. This is the first rom-com I ever watched. And this is one of my absolute favorites. I love this movie. What do you think the critic and audience? They slander this movie on Rotten Tomatoes and it hurts me. (laughs) It like it is scored (laughs) so low. (laughs) And it hurts me to my core. I have no idea, but I think it's like a 15 or something like that. Okay, for a critic, and then what's yeah. your audience guess? Like a 30. I don't even know. But, like, they do so it the dirty. is a 17%. Yeah. And the audience is a 59. Okay, pretty good. But, like, yeah. Dirty. One of the critic reviews that I was reading, Paul, you took your break real quick, is the script recycles every cliche you could possibly imagine, and then some. That's what's nice about it. I like it. It's cute. Let me tell you, critics are like especially hard on rom-com movies. Yes. Like every rom-com, so because there's a like formula. Since Seattle will be the only 
one that isn't like that. Well, yeah, because Sleepless in Seattle is like one of the first few rom-com movies. And it's also one that's nothing like any of the others. No, yeah. But, like, there's a formula when it comes to rom-com movies. And it makes them very predictable. And that's what I like about them. is because I know exactly what's going to happen unless there's, like, some mystery twist. You always know there's going to be a mystery twist. Just you don't know what. Yeah. I don't know. I like rom-com movies. They make me very happy. They are my rom-com movies. Rom-com movies are my love language. (laughs) Speaking of love languages, guess what book I've been reading on Audible recently? What? The Five Love Languages book. And you guys, it's on Audible for just one credit. If you follow the link in our description of this episode, that's audibletrial.com forward slash fanfatales, you can go get yourself a free 30-day trial of Audible, and you get one credit if you're not a Prime member, but two credits if you are a Prime member, so go get that stuff, and then Mm -hmm. go read, listen to the five love languages. Because honestly, it has changed every single relationship I have been in. I'm listening to it for myself, and I have learned my love language, and I have learned my partner's love language, and it has already helped our relationship. Like, I know his is quality time. So the other day, I was listening to the book. Yeah, it is. (laughs) The other day in the book, Dr. Gary Chapman, who is the author of the book, suggests if your partner's love language is quality time, make sure you're suggesting new activities to do together where you can get to spend time together. And so I suggested that we take a little day trip and drive up to a little town nearby called Julian. They're super famous for their pie. It's so good. And we went up, and we had a nice day, and we walked around, and I got myself a Shakespeare book, and it was really good, and we had a nice time. Yeah. So, honestly, the five love languages has changed every relationship I've been in, romantic or platonic. So, go listen to that on Audible. Dr. Gary Chapman has, like, the most soothing southern draw. It's amazing. He makes me think of Bill Clinton. But... (laughs) Anyway, guys, that's audible.com. That's audibletrial.com forward slash fanfatales. You can get a 30-day free trial. And the best part, they send you an email right before your 30-day free trial is going to be up. Which I so that way you can cancel if you want. Me too. Because how many times have I been charged $14.99 every month for a year for a service I didn't even use? All the time. That happens to me all the time. Exactly. And if that happens so to many. you, then Audible yeah. is perfect for you. So, there you go. Go get go get some Shall we get romantic. On? Go get some relationship advice from Dr. Gary Chapman. The five love languages on Audible. Go listen to it. Okay, moving on to Sleepless in Seattle. So the synopsis of Sleepless in Seattle is a recently widowed man's son calls a radio talk show in an attempt to find his father a partner. It was directed by Nora Ephron. And it came out in 1993. And the cast includes Tom Hanks as Sam Baldwin, Meg Ryan as Annie Reed, Ross Mallinger as Jonah Baldwin, Rita Wilson as Susie, Victor Garber as Greg, Tom Reese Farrell as Rob, Carrie Lowell as Maggie Baldwin, and Bill Pullman as Walter. And some mm-hmm. fun facts about this film are... Despite playing the role of his sister in the movie, Rita Wilson is the real-life wife of Tom Hanks. 
They had been married for five years at the time of the release of this film. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. And then Tom Hanks simultaneously did voice work for the character of Woody in Toy Story 1995 during his days off from filming. Hmm. And then our last fun fact for this film is in June of 2008, it ranked number 10 on the American Film Institute's list of the greatest the 10 greatest films in the genre romantic comedy. Yeah, I believe it. It's really good. It is. Yeah. I really liked it. And then, okay, really quick. I thought, okay, I've seen Meg Ryan in You've Got Mail. Yeah. And like That's all the movies. That's another good one. That is another good one. And But like all the movies from around that time. And I was like, she looks really weird without short hair. I know. Yeah. I was like, whoa. Also, Victor Garber, I know that, like, Legally Blonde came out, like, what, seven years after this one, eight years after this one, but he looks so much younger. In this one or Legally Blonde? In this one. Then yeah. Legally Blonde. Yeah. He came on screen and I was like, wait, I, was I like, know you. <laughs> I was too. I was like, Professor Callahan? <laughs> Professor Callahan? <laughs> I was like, that huh? was a pr- or the king in the um, Rodgers and Hammerstein's Di- World of Disney Cinderella. The one with Brandy? Yeah. He's the yeah. king. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, then yeah. that same year, he was Daddy Warbucks in um, the World of Disney's Annie. Okay. I didn't know that one. Yeah. But. I'm pretty sure he's Daddy Warbucks. But Tom Hanks looks like such a, like, baby face in this movie. He does. Like, actual baby face. Yes. Yeah. Also, I loved, okay, I loved when Jonah was on the phone with the radio with one phone, and Tom Hanks was on the phone with the other phone, and they were both on the same line. I, ah, I got so excited. Yeah, I loved I love, I love all of the tech in this movie. It, like, makes me feel, like, just, like, at peace. Yeah. Can we talk about how the computer that Meg Ryan was on dates this film, though? Oh, I love it. No, I love it. It's so good. I know. I love it. But it kind of dates the film at this point. The whole thing dates the film. True. They're literally using landlines. And they're both on landlines on the same line. Yeah. Like, I... mm. It, and the extra long phone cords. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I. Ugh. We still have one at my grandmother's that house. That dress was so pretty, that wedding dress. So pretty. That Meg Ryan was wearing. So pretty. Believe, I, like the, I liked the sleeves. I did, too. I liked I, the neckline. Yeah, the, the neckline was nice in the sleeves, yeah. It was, like, yeah. vintage, but, like, like... But like old school classic. vintage yeah like classic yeah. vintage yeah but yeah i love all the old tech old i say old <laughs> it's, i mean i mean it was 20 years ago that's nuts it was over 20 years ago wait over oh, tw- oh god <laughs> what like next year it. will be 30 years old yep <sighs> i love it that though. makes me feel weird yeah but that, I mean, okay, do you have that thing? Do you still have that thing where, like, when you think about the 90s, you're like, oh, yes, the 90s were 10 years ago. I mean, I wasn't alive in the 90s at all. Neither were you. 
No, I wasn't. But like every time I like think of the 90s, I'm like, oh, yeah. yes, the every 90s were 10 years 90s, ago. It's like, oh, yeah, like 10, 20 years ago. And now no. I'm like, wow. Not it, 20, 10 years ago. 10 years ago 15, will forever be in my mind. Most. 10 years ago. Okay. Um, another thing that dates this movie is him just being able to, like, go up to the gate at the airport. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I love... <laughs> I love when Jonah goes, she's a hoe. My dad's been captured by a hoe. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh. Also, Victoria's laugh is extremely obnoxious. That's my least favorite part of this movie. It's her laugh. Her laugh? The whole part where she laughs? Every Every time time she she laughs. laughs. Yes. Yeah. Also, I love how kids and rom-coms, and we'll include Christmas in here because it technically takes over part of it over Christmas. The phone call. The initial phone call takes place over Christmas Eve. Um. I love how kids in rom in rom-coms and Christmas movies just have the are the most insightful people. They really are. <laughs> he should have just listened to him from the first place. Like Tom Hanks, get your ish together and just listen to him. Mhm. Ugh. But yes. Annie definitely was the best. Also, character. I don't know how I feel about the radio station. Oh yeah. I also don't know how I feel about the radio station exploiting his love, like his story about his wife. I don't know. I think that's kind of what they do, though. I think that's kind of the whole I point know, of that radio station. I know. I know it's station. kind of like what they do, but I don't know. I, I, I felt uncomfy. Eh, a little bit. But, eh. So, <laughs> anyway. Let's see. I wrote, OMG, so much mail. I know. But yeah, I love everything, almost everything, that Meg Ryan wears in this movie. Same. I loved the style in all of these movies. Yeah, it was really good. Except for some of the Y2K style from Wedding Planner. Some of it I'm like, ouch. Yeah. It but just like, makes me think of the Y2K um, Who in the Grinch movie. <laughs> Your comment on that. <laughs> we're not going to talk about her. <laughs> and we're not going to talk about how Y2K style is making a comeback now. <laughs> and they called yoga pants flared leggings. I've heard like multiple different people call yoga no! pants flared leggings. And I was no! like, they're yoga pants. <laughs> I hate that. Yep. They're yoga pants. And they were calling them flared leggings. I was like, absolutely not. Also, you know what never needs to come back? Culottes. <laughs> Culottes look terrible on everybody. Nobody looks good in culottes. Nobody. No. <sighs> okay. Sorry. That's my mini rant. Also, Bermuda shorts. Yeah, those need to go. Bermuda shorts are nasty. If you look at pictures of baby Emma in, like, elementary school, that's, like, all she wore. Bermuda shorts and yoga pants? Yeah. <laughs> Not yoga pants as much, but the shorts, for sure. 
Oh yeah, I definitely had a fair, fair share of Bermuda shorts. I vividly remember this because well, they were long had... enough to wear with the like weird dress code. Yes, <laughs> I remember like vividly having this one pair of Bermuda shorts that were baby pink and they had blue and orange plaid on them. Like I was about to say, I had blue and orange plaid Bermuda shorts. Yeah. I don't know where they were from. I think they were from, like, Gap or something. But, like, oh, gosh, the Gap. The Gap. The Gap. I haven't shopped there in forever. I should go. Their jeans are so good. Yeah. Yeah. Justice? I don't think Justice justice. exists anymore. I don't think so. I, I remember, like, it was leaving my mall, and I didn't realize that. So I put in an application because it was up. Like, you could apply to work there. I applied, and then the store closed down, like, the next week. That sucks. Yeah. But anyway, um, oh my gosh, when Jonah first showed up in New York, I wrote, OMG, Home Alone, Lost in New York, Part 2. That or just, like, the entire Percy Jackson series. I'm rereading the Percy Jackson series right now. Yeah, I know. I know you know. Especially, like, the Empire State Building is a very important place that they go in New York. Mm-hmm. So, it was, like, that's where Mount Olympus is. Is They have a special key card that takes them to the 400th floor to Mount Olympus. <laughs> I, I loved like, that they met on the Empire State Building. I did, too. I think that was my favorite part, when they finally met. Same. After, like, passing yeah. each other all day, I was, like, <gasps> losing yeah. my mind. So I love the, um, the little, like, um, heart that, they, that the Empire State Building had on it. Right? So cute. Because they do light shows. Oh, that's cool. Like, um, and there's, like, a specific radio station that you can listen to, and the music will be timed to the light show. On the Empire State Building. That's really cool. One of the many podcasts I listened to, um, he used to run Potterless, and now he runs a Percy Jackson one, where he's going through and reading the Percy Jackson series for the first time. Which is probably why I ended up rereading these books. Um, but he, his apartment in New York oversees the Empire State Building, so he'll just, like, listen to the radio station and, like, watch the light show. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's, like, goals. I know. You wrote He's... roll credits, too. Yes. Anytime that they said, like, the name of the movie, I usually yes. say roll credits. <laughs> yes. What would you rate this movie out of 10? I, I don't want to give another 10 out of 10. So <laughs> you I really can give liked another it. 10 out of 10 if you want. I'll give another 10 out of 10. I'm going to give it what a did I write 9. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 just because sometimes in the middle it was really long. <laughs> yeah. Like I got kind of disinterested in the middle. I did a little bit too. You're right. I'm going to do a 9 out of 10 as well. Yeah. The middle was a little long. <laughs> So what do you think the critic and audience score is? I feel like it's pretty high. I feel like the critic score is going to be like an 80 and like audience is going to be like 90. So for both the critic and the audience score, they're tied. 
it's the same score at a 75% certified fresh. That's fair. Yeah, I, like, opened it up and I was like, 75, 75, that's so weird. 75 is pretty good. Also, I don't know how I feel about some of these movies that is, like, you might also like if you like this movie. What are they? Dirty Dancing, The Breakfast Club, My Best Friend's Wedding, A League Mm -hmm. of Their Own, Mm -hmm. Selena. I get Yeah, I was like, some of these, I get. Dirty Dancing, I get. Breakfast Club, kind of. League of Their Own, not at all. (laughs) I know. They were like, hmm, kids in this movie, kids in League of Their Own. Let's just match them together. No. <laughs> League of Their Own is maybe a good movie. Maybe it was we like talk about year. That. Maybe. Actors, maybe. Actors, yeah. I don't know. League of Their Own is okay. I like that movie. It's pretty cute. Okay. So the last movie, the last movie. Last movie. Last movie that we're going to be talking about today is Fifty First Dates which is on Hulu, and I love this movie because I saw it for the first time with my boyfriend, and it's really cute. It's so cute. So Henry Roth is a man afraid of commitment until he meets the beautiful Lucy. They hit it off, and Henry thinks he's finally found the girl of his dreams until discovering that she has short-term memory loss and forgets him the next day. It was directed by Peter Seagal, and it came out in 2004. And the cast includes Adam Sandler as Henry Roth, Drew Barrymore as Lucy Whitmore, Rob Schneider as Ula, Sean Austin as Doug Whitmore, Blake Clark as Marlon Whitmore, Louisa Stress as Alexa, Dan Aykroyd as Dr. Joseph Keats, Amy Hill as Sue, Pamolakai Brown as Nick, which is like Pamolakai Brown. <laughs> I feel like that's such an anticlimactic yeah. name. I know. <laughs> Alan Covert as 10 Second Tom, Missy Pyle as Noreen, Maya Rudolph as Stacy, and Lynn Collins as Linda. Yes. We didn't need to include as many of these as we did, but I think it's very important that we it's that fine. we include Maya Rudolph because she is in as many Adam Sandler movies as I can think of. I know. <laughs> At least in, like, little so, roles. Yeah. Fifty First Dates was among the first films in history to be released on the Blu-ray format back on June 20th, 2006, along with The, Term- uh, the Terminator, 1984, Underworld Evolution, 2006, Hitch, 2005, House of Flying Daggers, 2004, The Fifth Element, 1997, and XXX, Triple X. I've yeah. never heard of this movie. You've never heard of Triple X? I don't That's think That's like so. Vin Diesel's big movie. He plays Xavier something. Or Al- I don't remember, but Triple X. It's like, it's like. That's okay, Diesel. I've heard of it. I just have not seen it. Okay. Okay. Oh, well. Um, and then the other fun fact is it was originally titled 51st Kisses, but was changed to avoid confusion with Drew Barrymore's uh, movie Never Been Kissed in 1999. Honestly, I like 51st Dates better. I do too. I feel like that describes the plot of the movie better than 51st Kiss. I agree. So, to go back to what Rotten Tomatoes showed as soon as I opened it up. It's the scene near the end of the movie when he and her, like, fall asleep at night together and she wakes up with him next to her in the bed and is just 
screaming. And she hits him in the head with a hockey stick. Yes, but it is literally like when she first wakes up and her face is like, she's like, ah! And Adam Sandler's like, (laughs) Adam Sandler's like, what the heck is going on? (laughs) Yeah. I'm like describing this picture perfectly for our video. Yeah. All of our audio video, all of our audio listeners are like, what do they look like? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Drew Barrymore looks like she's screaming and Adam Sandler looks very confused. Yes. Well, so why does every movie that Adam Sandler does, why does he always play a jerk? Because that's his thing. I know. He's Adam Sandler. I know. It was just like, wow. Yeah. Because we we want to do Wedding Singer at some point. Eventually. And he's a jerk in that movie, too. He's a jerk to in her. Grown Ups. Yeah. He's a jerk in... A jerk. Well, okay. He, well, no, he's a jerk in that movie, too. I was going to say he's not a jerk in that new movie, Murder Mystery, that he did with Jennifer Aniston. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, he was. <laughs> that he's one in Hotel Transylvania? He is? Who is he in Hotel Transylvania? <laughs> what? He was Dracula in the first three of them. No. <laughs> Wow, you learn something new every day. My first, my very first thought watching this movie is when they're feeding the, oh gosh, are they feeding the, the walrus? Yeah, the walrus. And I said, my first, my first note is, one, those sunglasses are terrible. Two, those shoes are even worse. I know. It was so bad. So bad. I can't believe he played Dracula. And I'm still in shock. <laughs> I'm looking at his IMDb, like, filmography, and I was like, why is he credited on Hotel Transylvania? Yeah. Anyway. Okay. I love, I love when he comes in to, when he goes to the, to the diner, and he walks in, and he goes, tattoo face! And, he, and Nick goes, peanut butter cups! Yeah. And then they give him the box of spam and peanut butter cups at the end. That's so cute. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. What I never really understood is like, why do Doug and Marlon go through all of that just to keep her reliving the same day? I don't know. Like, why? Like, they never thought to do what. Um, Adam Sandler ends up doing with making like tapes yeah. to describe it to her. Or like leaving her a letter or like writing her something or like explaining it to her. Yeah. Like I don't Because think... that really screwed her up when she starts like actually realizing it. Yeah. And then like like he said, not only is she finding out that like not only is she finding out that she was in this accident. She's also finding out that her life has been a lie for the past however many years. Yeah. Not that she would remember, but... Not that she'd remember, but yeah. Yeah. It made me sad. Yeah. Also, I knew that he, when that when they fell asleep that she was going to wake up and just start screaming, screaming the next morning. 
Yep. I literally was about to write, okay, she's going to scream. Yeah. And then it happened. I was like, I knew it was going to happen. I like the joke the doctor makes. <laughs> I like where he goes, he goes, am I going to have any permanent memory loss? And the doctor's like, no, I don't think so. I think that's a very funny joke. Yeah. Terrible timing. Funny joke. <laughs> yeah. Also, I love how she's like, have we had, I think she's like, have we had sex? And he's just like, no, we haven't had sex. We want to. We want to know. <laughs> but we want to. And then they both are, both the dad and the brother are like, mm, <laughs> we're going to kill you. And I he's know. like, but no, no, we haven't. We haven't. <laughs> yeah. Making sure everybody knows. Yeah. I said, yeah. I think the first tape he makes her is really sweet. A little ridiculous. Yeah. With all that stuff with Ula and the kids. I hate Ula. So I, I did not like Ula at all. Yeah, it's kind of um, annoying. It's the same kind of joke over and over again. I feel like every Adam Sandler movie I've seen, he has a weird friend kind of like Ula. It's, it's, and it's always Rob Schneider. <laughs> yes. Also, like Wedding Singer, again, his friend is yeah. Wedding Singer. Yeah. Is it Rob Schneider? I don't know. Okay. Okay. Really quick. While you're looking that up, I found out that, you know, the singer L King who sings X's and O's? Yeah. She's Rob Schneider's daughter. Oh my gosh. So um, Rob Schneider did not play his best friend. Okay. That's With good to Alan know. Covert. Don't know who that is. I don't either. I think but I, Drew Barrymore I think is also in that movie. Alan Covert is in this movie too. He's Ten Second Tom. I love that. And then Drew Barrymore, of course, is playing Julia Gulia. Yeah. And Wedding Singer. And then they which also. Which is my little sister's nickname that we gave her. Really? We call her Julia Gulia. That's cute. Yeah, because her name's Julia. Yeah. That's cute. Also, that that's like that makes that movie blended that they did together a number of years ago. That's like the third or fourth movie they've done together. Oh, they've done so many movies together where they always play love interest and he's always a jerk. Okay, here's what I was thinking. I said, I think Adam Sandler writes and produces all these freaking movies just so that way he can get beautiful movie stars to kiss him. <laughs> I think so. Just right. so that he can play. Because he produces a lot of the movies that he's in. This one is a little early. Um, it was like after, oh gosh, after Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. He started producing the movies he was in starting with The Water Boy in 1998. Huh. Okay. Maybe, he, I don't know. Because there, it, it, this one isn't a Happy Madison movie. When did movie. this movie come out? Well, it, I, it's not a, it's not his like production company. It's not because right, Happy Madison is Happy yeah. Gilmore and Billy Madison smashed together. Yeah. So, I this wasn't one of them, but I said I'm convinced. No, but he was still like a producer on it. Yeah. Oh wait, no, he wasn't a producer on this one. No. Okay. But I'm, no. I'm convinced that Adam Sandler makes all these movies a so that way he and his friends can like mess around and be funny. Okay, he is literally um, Tim Burton with Helena mm-hmm. Bonham Carter and um, yes, um, Johnny Depp. 
Yeah, it's either Kevin James, Rob Schneider, Jonathan. Oh, gosh. How do you say his name? Logran? Logertan? Logran? I don't know. Him. I don't know. The guy who plays... Okay, the guy in Grown Ups who plays the guy with, like, the like the lazy eye. Yeah. <laughs> him. He's in, like, yeah. two or three Adam Sandler movies. Interesting. Yeah. My Rudolph has been in, like, three or four. Yeah. So, like... I, I just found something that he was in during, like, 2020, and we need to cover it on this podcast. Who was? Um, Adam Sandler. Okay, what was it? It's called Home Movie, The Princess Bride, and it was all these actors coming together during COVID-19 to make, like, a DIY version of The Princess Bride movie. Okay, we're definitely going to talk about that. <laughs> and he plays the grandfather in one of the episodes of this. It's, like, ten episodes. J.K. Simmons also plays the grandfather. Josh Gad plays the grandson. We're watching this. But yes, that those are my thoughts on Adam Sandler. That's why I think he does what he does. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Also, yeah. I really Also, love. I love that she's drawn him every single day. Right? Like, I love that moment. Right? I love so when cute. he shows up and she's like, "I don't know you, but I do." Yeah. I really like that. Moment. I think that's a really sweet moment. And then, okay. Like I hate I hate my like least favorite part is when she's like, I plan to erase you from my memory completely. I was like, I know that's a little intense. Yeah. I was like, sis. Okay. That's a little much, but yeah. Anyway, I think this movie is really good. Also, I love all of the jokes they make about Doug being like having roid rage. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, I totally forgot. I love, okay, when they kiss in the rain and it's like their kiss goodbye in the rain and it's like so romantic. I'm like, yes, more. Also, can we just talk about how confusing her whole pregnancy must have been for her? Right? (laughs) Could you imagine Like, like waking up and like all of a sudden being pregnant? I know. Or like waking up with morning sickness and being pregnant? Like, ugh. yeah, because like I was, I was just thinking that at the end where he's like, "Hi," and he has the daughter, mm-hmm. like the five or six year old daughter. Yeah, or like, what if she woke up like in the middle of the night? Yeah, like would like he doesn't have the video queued up ready to go. No. Like, what would he do if she woke up in the middle of the night, all of a sudden, like, next to this guy, baby crying? Like, I don't know how that worked. I don't either. But, anyway, what do you rate this movie out of ten? I think I'm going to give it a nine and a half. I think I give it the same. Yeah. I just didn't like his best friend in this one. Ula? Yeah. I like the kids. The I like kids the are kids freaking a lot. cool. Great. I like when they did the yeah. flips off the dock. I did too. And then he goes to do one too and he just like belly flops. Because yeah. we've, we've all been there. So what do you think the critic and audience score on Rotten Tomatoes Not are? good because it's an Adam Sandler movie, but like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like, okay, I feel like Rotten Tomatoes is really mean when it comes to Adam Sandler movies. 
I agree. Okay, I'm going to give it, like, I think the critics gave it, like, a 20, and the audience gave it, like, a 59. Okay, you were closer with the audience. Okay. The critics gave it a 45%. Oh, hey, pretty good. And the audience was a 65. Oh, pretty good. Okay, not too shabby. I'm, I'm satisfied with that. Yeah. So shall we get into some fandom news? Yeah, let's talk about some fandom news. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah. So all remaining performances of the off-Broadway production of Assassins at Classic Stage have been canceled due to positive COVID cases within the um, the company as of January 25th of 2022. Which is a big sad. Big sad. I love that show. Yes, you've it talked is about such it a, a few good times. Sondheim. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It, it is good. Yeah. So the next fandom news we have is starting on January 24th, which was a few days ago from now. Um, the Magic Key Terrace at Disney's California Adventure has started its renovations into a Club 33-style lounge. By the end of its renovation, which is expected to be completed by late spring, Disneyland Magic Key holders will have their own exclusive area to escape from the crowds of the park. On January 24th, the Disney Parks team um, has started to install the Nova Corps Star Blaster ship that will mark the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind entrance at Epcot. And over the upcoming weeks, they will be assembling the 51-foot-tall ship, adding finishing details and tying in the lat. I'm going to restart this. On January 24th, the Disney Parks team has started the installation of the Nova Corps Star Blaster ship that will mark the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind entrance at Epcot. Over the coming weeks, they will be assembling the 51-foot-tall ship, adding finishing details and tying in the launch pad area that surrounds the ship. The next one we have is that Disney Cruise Line just announced that they're going to bring Pixar Day at Sea. We don't really know what any of the details are at the moment, but... I've been on Star Wars Day at Sea, and it was a bunch of characters walking around, so I assume that's what Pixar Day at Sea is going to be. But we will keep you updated with whatever they release. Yeah. Um, On January 25th, the Percy Jackson series author Rick Riordan released that the Percy Jackson series was greenlit by Disney+. And on January 29th, on the author's blog page, he announced the following information. They are starting to revise the first four scripts of the first season and moving ahead to outline the remaining episodes of season one. They've launched into the audition process for the three main roles, Percy, Annabeth, and Grover. So if you look like you're 12, go audition for it because they're looking for like 12 to 14 year olds. And the plan is... I know. You should. And you can pl- you can like downplay your age. I could. I could easily be one of the campers, if not Annabeth. You can you you could. I think they want like a true twelve year old. I think they want a true child. Um but that's fine. And the plan is to begin filming in Vancouver this summer, and from now until the summer a lot is happening with a um soundstage being built. Production designers hard at work imagining what the world will look like. Visual effects teams designing the monsters in season one. 
and costume designers, composers, and all manner of important folk are being hired right now. Yeah. Excited. I'm so excited. I want to be a camper. Can I just, I have the orange shirt already. It's off camera. (laughs) She's ready to go, you guys. this movie? I am ready. (laughs) Also, Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cinderella aims for fall of 2022, for a fall 2022 Broadway transfer, which is going to be super cool. Starting March 6, 2022, Disneyland Paris will usher in a new era of as the 30th anniversary celebration begins. And let me just say, I don't mind Minnie in a pantsuit. I just think it's ugly. I don't like the design. I think... Did you see the one Disney design, like the one guy that makes like all the really cool outfits to go to the parks? No. You know who I'm talking about? Yes, I know who you're talking about, but no. He made a redesign, like three different looks. He redesigned the navy one. He redesigned it how he would have done it in the red and white, and he did his own design. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't like the colors. I don't like the design. I don't like anything about it. I don't care that Minnie wears pants. So what? I like her. I love. She wears them on the cruise line already, and it's so cute. It is. The the, her cruise line outfit is literally adorable. So cute. But this one, I'm just like, girl, you missed the mark with this one. Not my yeah. fave. Don't like. Yeah. Do not like. Okay. So, <laughs> staying on Disney track, the submarines at Finding Nemo Submarine Voyage in Disneyland Park have now been uncovered, indicating that the refurbishment on the subs themselves may have begun. No reopening date for this extended closure yet, but we will keep you updated. Also, yes. honestly, if that ride shut down forever, I don't know if anybody would be sad. Yeah. Um, and Festival of the Fantasy has been announced for its return date, which is March 9th, which will be making its return on the 8th anniversary of the original debut. Which is really cute. I was there on the original debut mm-hmm. of that parade. That's cute. I I wish I could go again and like see it reopen. I, yeah, I love this parade. I'm so excited for it to return. Good. And last, but certainly not least, is for the first time ever, the largest assembly of Marvel superheroes and villains on one ship will be sailing epic voyages from Miami, now on the Disney Dream. So, Marvel Day at Sea, pretty much. I assume so, yes. (laughs) That's pretty much what that means when they say that. Well, there you go. But yeah. That's all the fandom news we have for now. And we have tons more there is always stuff going on especially with disney yeah (laughs) like our whole and especially with percy jackson for the next bit (laughs) that's all emma's gonna talk about anytime fan news so the new percy jackson thing is this (laughs) (laughs) it'll be good we'll get some variety of the same of stuff that's different yes yes i know you're holding it yes i under i see So, are we going to see them in the outro? We will see them in the outro. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Fan Fatales. We are a proud part of the Real Fans Network. That's right, and there are a huge variety of shows to listen to, like Real Fans for Real Movies, Holy Batcast, Disorder, and Please Rewind, and many, many, many more. Yes. 
And join us next week where we will be having our editor Kara and her boyfriend and my boyfriend on to play the newlywed game, the relationship game, whatever you want to call it. Yes, this week I get to be the host. It'll be fun. Yes. Remember to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and subscribe to us on YouTube. Please leave us a review and comment down below to tell us what you thought of the show. Remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FanFatalesPod for the latest updates and to possibly be featured in a future episode. Now, Emma, where can the people find you on social media? So my Instagram and TikTok are both at SnippyEmma, which is S-N-I-P-P-Y-E-M-M-A. What about you, Gabs? I'm at Gabby Gent on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. That's G-A-B-Y-J-E-N-T. Our music is by our amazing friend, Maddie Macon. And our editing is by the wonderful Carolyn Meyer. As always, thanks for tuning in. Bye! Bye. Bye. Please express this episode to not reflect